This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. On this episode of Tamarindo, we're joined by Cindy Castro, a prominent Latina fashion designer based in New York City. Cindy discusses her motivation to establish Cindy Castro New York with a strong focus on sustainability, social responsibility, and craftsmanship. Welcome to Tamarindo Podcast, hosted by me, Brenda Gonzalez, a fitness coach, political nerd, and nonprofit capacity builder. And me, Delcy Sandoval, a Guatemalan-American licensed therapist and passionate creativity advocate. Together, we're here to uplift our community through powerful conversations with changemakers, creatives, and healers. Each week on the pod, we talk politics, culture, and personal development. Listeners call Tamarindo the advocacy and self-love podcast. Vámonos! Let's start the show. Hi, Tamarindo listeners. Hey, Brenda. Hello, listeners. Hello, Delcy. Good to see you here back in the audio space of Tamarindo. I'm so excited. I don't know if anybody else has seen, but we have a new logo, Brenda. I'm so excited about it. Yes, yes, yes. This is great. By the time listeners are hearing this, we have already done our unveiling and it is such a great logo. And what I especially love is that Delcy and I together kind of developed the concept and it, and it built on a brand that, that Delcy and I already invented, which is Encuentro. So it's sort of like a building on that, those same themes. I hope you all have checked it out. Obviously, if you hit play on this podcast, you've already seen the new icon. And yeah, I think it's just so vibrant and inviting. And it's so wonderful to have collaborated in developing this concept. Yeah, and it's such a great outcome, right? Because we had the conversation, we tried to think of what the elements could be. And then we were in collaboration with an artist and a designer. And when we received it, I think, I, don't, I speak for myself, but I don't know how you felt, Brenda, but I saw it and I was like, this is what I saw in my mind. It was amazing. It's great. It's great. It was such a fun process. And listeners, so you all know, we had sort of like a placeholder logo that I like came up with, with Delcy's help in terms of the concept of with Canva. And then you give it to the, the, the people that actually have the skills. And it's, uh, it's so wonderful to just see it come to life. So yeah, we hope you all like it. Please contact us. You, you, know, you do know that you can reach out to us anytime at contact at tamarindopodcast.com or on DM us on socials, whatever way you want to get a hold of us. But we would love to hear what you all think about the logo because we're excited and we hope that it, that enthusiasm comes through in the colors and the, the vibrancy, which are inspired by our community. So we, we really are really excited about it. Yeah, Brenda, I want to talk to you about just your relationship to fashion. Let's talk about that because I'm going to introduce the guest in a little bit, but I'm curious, like at, at the evolution, Brenda, how do you see yourself every day when you get up and you decide what you're going to wear? What is that relationship to fashion? Gosh, you know, I would say it is tortured, <laughs> tortured relationship. <laughs> it is a tortured relationship. You know, lately, it's been um, 
I've been trying to be more intentional with my, my, my with the clothing in that I don't really shop that much. I'm, 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 I um, want to be mindful of my impact in the world. So I, as part of like trying to consume less fashion and fast fashion is something that I avoid, which is one of the reasons why we're so excited about today's guest. As y'all will, will hear in the interview, this is a designer that's very conscious about the, the impact of her brand and, and, and fashion as well. So that's why we, we love this guest. And that's one of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think about. And then along those lines, I've been exploring um, shopping at, you know, consignment stores and, and, and it's really kind of fun because it reminds you of like going to Ross with your mom and like digging through all the crap and then finding that one thing that's good. So you kind of get that experience when you go to consignment shop because you're digging through a lot of things that maybe aren't for you. And then you find that one thing that's perfect and it's been, and you feel good about it because it's, it's getting a second life with you. So that's, that's kind of what it is right now. And I, I mentioned that it's tortured in terms of fashion because um, I'm short, but I also have big hips and it's very hard to find something that fits right away off the rack. And I, when I do shop now, I become more intentional about also just getting things that are petite because they're already made for me. And one more thing that I'm trying to consider doing, I haven't yet, I've done it like once and I actually did it for a Cindy Castro piece, but going to a tailor and getting something to fit you perfectly. So Cindy Castro, which I'm, I'm uh, hinting at who we have today, but I bought one of her pieces and it was a big investment, which I felt was worth it because of the way that she treats her business. And um, I wanted to wear it right away. And I knew it was, it's a pants set. So I knew I needed to get it tailored. And I found this amazing uh, senora that was, that I was like, please emergency. She did it in that, in that one day. And I have a, a, a intention to next time I find a really cute outfit to use this, this gal again. But what is your relationship to fashion, Delcy? You know, I really love that you're talking about sustainability because that's, that's something I want to talk about when it comes to my relationship to fashion. And I'll start by saying, you know, my fashion is so tied to my emotional state. It is wild. Depend, you can almost tell exactly how I'm doing and how I'm feeling that day by the colors I'm wearing, the style, the like level of femininity. Like there's so many things that I take into consideration and I wear it almost like, like armor, where it it helps me either it like lifts my spirits or it helps me feel strong or protected or there's so many ways in which I I engage when I'm trying to figure out what to wear. One of the things I've been doing lately is really looking into where the clothes are made, how they're made, the kinds of fibers that are used and some of the practices that are behind these companies. So uh, you hinted at it. I want to talk about it because who we have on the show today, Cindy Castro, she's a prominent fashion designer based in New York City. She's originally from Ecuador. And as you, as we move through the interview, what you realize is she was really intentional when she was in Ecuador to move to the United States um, in an effort to build a future in fashion and what future she wanted to see in fashion. And so she started to build this incredible, sustainable brand. And one thing that I think is interesting is like, what does sustainability even mean when you're talking about fashion as a consumer? So this is a great interview. I can't wait for people to hear it. And I'm really excited to see how it changes everyone's relationship to shopping and, and being a conscious consumer overall. So here we go. Let's listen. This is our interview with Cindy Castro. 
I want to give a warm welcome to Cindy Castro. Welcome to Tamarindo, Cindy Castro from Cindy Castro, New York. How are you? I'm really excited to be here and uh, thank you for having me in your podcast. You know, it's such a pleasure. And I was telling you earlier that you and I had connected before online talking about your work and fashion. And so it's full circle to be speaking with you. Thank you so much for being here. I'd like to start off by hearing a little bit about, tell us about your personal journey growing up in Ecuador and maybe the decision that led you to come to the States. Of course, yes. Hi, everyone. Um, you know, I'm an immigrant from Ecuador. I currently live in New York City, um, but I was raised and I was born in a small town called Quevedo uh, in the coast of Ecuador. And my parents are from the mountains. And from my childhood, I just remember because we didn't live with a lot of family close to us and they, they both left their hometowns. Um, so every, you know, summer or when we had vacation, I would go and spend it with my family in the mountains. So I think from the beginning, seeing my dad and my mom leave their cities to look for a better future. And um, that stayed with me because where I was born, I was, we, I didn't grow up with any family around me, no tias, no uh, cousins, nothing. So whenever I just had vacation, that's when we would go see them. Um, so I think from the beginning that, you know, unconsciously that was ingrained in me that it's okay to leave uh, what maybe you are used to and comfortable with to go look for something else that not only is better but it also makes you happy i think in this the in my parents view it was you know during that time not so much to make them happy but it was just for economical reasons and just finding a better future for themselves um but you know i left the country when i was 18 and in my case I've always, I think because my dad and my mom had that ingrained in me, I wanted to travel. I love languages. They couldn't pay for me for uh, college here um, and abroad for fashion. So I came here as an au pair. And that's how my journey started here in the U.S. Wow, so much that we can relate to there with this idea of going after your dreams, right? Let's start there. What was your first exposure to the fashion industry? What did you see in some of those early jobs that you had that maybe was a catalyst for starting your own business? Of course. Um, so I think school was a, the one of the biggest um, like art school, right? Because one... I wasn't too much around art growing up, um, but I don't know. I I loved it so much. You know, when I want, I would say like, I want to go to the theater. My family was like, why? <laughs> we were in like, you know, um, I wasn't around like an artsy family, and I I always felt like the one different between my I want you know I love like books and art and the just um theater and 
just so many different things. And I think when I went to school here, it just opened my mind so, so much. And I think I fell in love with it. I knew that I wanted to do fashion. And once I was in Chicago and I was able, you know, to apply for loans and, and do fashion, I was just blown away. And I knew that this is what I wanted to do in my heart. Um, I went to school in Chicago and then I moved right after I graduated because I found out there were no uh, jobs in the creative um, world. And I came here to New York and one of my first jobs was a coach as an atelier assistant. Um, and that just let me to a whole different world because we think of fashion. I don't know. People always ask me, even like within five years in the industry, my parents are like, but what do you do? <laughs> and it's like, I don't know if they think that we draw all day or um, I don't know, we play with the dress form all day. So this first job that I had a coach as an atelier assistant, I work with the designers and I work with the pattern makers and with all the sewers. So it was like the a person who would connect, you know, the sketches, what we needed to do as with the pattern makers and what did the stores need to develop based on all of that. So it really opened my mind as far as like what role I wanted to head into next, which I knew that I wanted to be in the creative side, that I wanted to create, like make the actual, you know, be the actual creator of the garment. So I went into move into being an assistant designer, which that led me to later to be a designer. Wow. And what an amazing experience to start out really understanding how all the departments and pieces connect and more importantly, the people behind the clothes, right? I'm curious for you, at what point did you start to notice that maybe there was a gap here, that maybe there was a need for more sustainable practices when it came to fashion? Um, I think when we talk about sustainability, it's not only about fabrics, you know, it's about how sustainable is the work, you know, the people that we work with. And one of my first jobs, as I was saying, was the atelier assistant. I had such a close connection with the sewers. Um, we had one thing in common, and that was that we were all immigrants. And in some way, we connected with each other. Um, we had some kind of uh, story that we related to. Uh, and then when I went into my second job, which was more, you know, I had my designer team. That's when I felt a little out of place. Um, it was the only Latina there in my design team. Uh, I was in a different role and I just felt that I didn't belong. And that's what I've, I always wanted. You know, I wanted to design, I wanted to do that, I, but I just felt that I didn't belong there because I didn't see other people like me and with my background in those positions. Um, and as I developed throughout my career as an uh, associate designer and a designer, where I found my space with, was where the sewers were in the sample rooms. And most of them were from, you know, South America, Central America, also Asia. And I knew that in my heart, I wish I could have like a direct um, business where I could work with them. Right. And then I, this idea came up to my mind of, you know, I don't know where this all uh, this fabric is coming from. 
we are developing. So for I, I would love for people to understand a little bit more about fashion. When you see a collection that comes out to stores that I don't know, it's 50 designs, we are developing 150 designs, which is overdeveloping. We're killing ourselves to come up with new designs that are not even going to come out instead of like trying to make one good design that it's functional, that it's unique, that has all these good qualities that's going to last. Uh, we're not. It's like the next design, fast, fast, fast. And I started feeling burnout, uh, burnt out and I just didn't have the joy anymore that I wanted to have connecting with my designs and connecting with people. So there's when I said, I want to start something where I feel that I have a community, right? Know that this is just another job. And I, I really enjoy creating it. it. It's really my passion. So I, I wanted to have a purpose. And my purpose is giving back to the community. It's working closely with the people and also working only with natural fibers. And that's how we're making things different where, you know, we don't work with any polyesters, we're plastic free. And even though we're small, we are taking these big steps so we can, you know, leave a footprint and create change because there is uh, a lot of, um, uh, you know, we have global warming and we, we really need to take the steps and I want like, you know, bigger companies to join us, but for them, it's even more difficult to create these changes. And like, uh, I know other people like myself, small companies are trying to create these changes, even though we're small and it's hard, but it's possible. Yeah, I really love, thank you so much for giving us so much information about the specifics of what sustainability looks like in fashion. So I think that's education that maybe a lot of us are missing, right? Let's talk a little bit more about that. Can you talk more about how you go about obtaining some of these natural fibers? Maybe a little bit about your packaging and different steps that you take to ensure that you're moving future forward when it comes to sustainability in fashion. Um, you really, well, I'm a little bit a star, a stubborn in that part. Like when I started, I didn't want to compromise. So I think you have to, if you're starting a business, um, and you have this idea, you have to know your values, you know, what are things that you cannot compromise on? And I knew that I wanted only natural fibers. And that was one of the most difficult things and still a challenge for us because of the minimums. So it's not like I can just say, oh, I want to create this collection of sustainable fabrics and anyone is going to sell it to us. It's not like that. We need to find people who want to sell small quantities for us that will work with us, that will give us a little better prices. and. Luckily, throughout my career, I had good networking and those were the people that I was able to go back and they knew my work ethic. You know, I didn't have any, uh, I always treated, and this is for everything, I always treated people um, with respect, you know, um, being kind. And I think they remember that part, you know, of my work ethic. And they're like, sure, of course, the majority of them, they're like, no. This is not going to make me money. So, you know, close doors. Uh, but I didn't stop there. I continue. Luckily, I found uh, it, it's a lot of reading, a lot of reading, a lot of uh, researching. I found some companies 
in the U.S. I found some companies in Portugal. Uh, I found a company in Canada that actually sells um, sustainable stock. So it's just really doing a lot of research. Same for the packaging. Now I know a few companies. Packaging was one of the most difficult things because their minimums were like a thousand bags, a thousand boxes. And, you know, I'm slow fashion. So what's slow fashion? It's slow fashion. It's the opposite of fast fashion and um, disposable clothing, right? So we create in a longer amount of time, less clothing, but they have a function. They are better uh, constructed and there are pieces that you can wear and repeat. It's not something that you just wear once and that's it. For me, makeup is fresh and simple. I love leaving the house with a messy bun and a bold eyeliner paired with a subtle lip tint y vámonos. Whether you like fresh-faced, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. You know, the one in the turquoise tube all over your socials? Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, made with clean, skin-loving ingredients high performance and trademarked formulas, and uncompromising standards. It's easy to see why bestsellers have thousands of five-star reviews. Thrive Cosmetics is not just about beauty. It's about making a difference. With every product you purchase, you contribute to their causes, from uplifting and empowering those battling cancer to supporting veterans, promoting racial and social justice, and providing resources for our LGBTQ community. Your beauty routine becomes a powerful force for positive change. It feels amazing knowing that my favorite Thrive Cosmetics product also supports the communities I care about. Okay, so what I love is the Brilliant Eye Brightener. This is a highlighter stick that's made to brighten your eyes. I apply it to the inner corner of my eyes to look rested and effortless. I use it as an eyeshadow for a perfect daytime glow, or I use the metallic shades for kind of an easy smoky eye. Foolproof formula makes it extremely easy to apply and blend any of the 16 shades. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com forward slash tamarindo. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash tamarindo for 20% off your first order. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
things I'm hearing here, Cindy, is is how intentional you have been with this brand and with your company overall, intentional in your materials and your mission. There also seems to be an intentionality when it comes to your work practices. I'd like to hear more about that. You, you alluded to it with the manufacturing, kind of treating people with respect. Tell me a little bit about some of the work practices that you've employed at, at your company. Of course. Um, you know, we're a very small team because I'm self-funded. Um, and so for my uh, sewing, because I met a few sample rooms, people that cut and sew, um, I went back to them. Some of them I knew because a couple of them are from Ecuador. And I, you know, asked them if their sewers are paid at least the minimum wage or more. Um, if they have insurance, you know, how are they treating their workers? And because I came here and I have to, I've had to learn so many things on my own. Navigate, I don't have family here. I'm the first one from my family to come here. You know, so I had to learn from, you know, how to apply for loans for school, to apply for internships and find my, you know, make my own way to into the fashion world so it's been um very it's been a journey and i know how difficult it is and i'm educated so imagine and it and it's still difficult to navigate certain things so i know how hard it is when you are in the sample room and if it wasn't because of the sewers i wouldn't be able to have a collection so I recognize what they do. It's a craft, it's an art. And now that I have my own company, I see that it's so hard to find sewers. Last year, one of the challenges that we had was to find a sewer. This craft is dying. The majority of the sewers are either 50s, 60s. They are, they, some of them have already retired. Some of them, you know, are already in companies where that's where they are going to you know, uh, will be working for the last years. And the new generation doesn't realize that this is a beautiful craft and we need sewers. So we had this, you know, complicated uh, journey to find a sewer. And what I want to do and what I am already doing in my company is making sure that we're paying them more than minimum wage. And because I'm small, I'm not able to have yet my own um, production team. But we actually just found someone this week. Uh, so we'll see how it goes with that. Uh, you know, the sewer is part time. And I do have to mention that we, are, we as everyone knows, we're having an uh, immigrant crisis right here in New York City. And this person happens to be someone um, who is from that group. So I'm, you know, more than. Um, I, I don't want to say happy because it's just a difficult situation, but this is what moves me. You know, I want to be so intentional. You know, I want to be able to provide jobs. I want to be able not only to provide jobs, but opportunities to grow. And that's what I look to do with my business. You know, I want them to know that their um, craft is value and that they're able to make a better living out of it if they're at the right place. And I want to create that for my community. You know, Sini, when I'm talking to you, I'm struck by the emotionality, the connection, the real, real emotional connection that you have, not just to 
the fashion industry overall, but really to the garments. Let's talk about that. Let's talk a little bit about your point of view as a designer and maybe some of the influences that have led to your collections. Of course. Yes. My garments are my, um, I, I have a line that says every garment has a story and it does. Every garment has a story. Um, I, when I create a collection, it comes from different things. Um, you know, one of my favorite collections came from Manuelita Sainz. She was an Ecuadorian revolutionary. Um, and this collection is the one that I started the company with. And it's very emotional, you know, and what she wanted to create. She she wanted to create change. She wanted to be a leader. She was like the one that everyone saw that, you know, this is a loca, a crazy, because she was ahead of her time. And I think I connect a lot. And like when I put on a garment, you know, I think of all the hours uh, that goes into it. Who touched that garment? Where was the fabric made? Where the labels? We have little notes in the labels. And that's something that I do want to share uh, as far as designing. Um, I want everyone to read their labels. What is in your labels? It's just like what's in your food. And, you know, that's that was something new for me here in the U.S. because in Ecuador, the majority of the things come from, you know, farms and it's fresh and organic and organic was a new word here. And I we should all read our labels. You know, are they made out of petroleum? What are you what's touching your skin? Is it toxic? Do you know that the dyes, they are non-toxic? Do they have regulations? Is the cotton coming from? you know, non-regulated, exploited um, workers. So in our labels, you know, we even have like a little line, you know, like Viva La Vida, or, you know, you can, Tu Puedes Todo, because I'm Latina, I have a little bit of Spanish in there, <laughs> in the labels. And we also tell you, you know, how to, what we have in the garment and how to care for the brand. Um, so yes, my designing process come, it's very emotional. I drape a lot of the garments as I go, I sketch, but it's not just an idea. I drape a lot of the garments. I play with a dress form. One of my biggest strengths that I discovered as I was in the fashion industry was that I love draping. And that means that things come organically. And um, I make sure also that the names that I put on the garments come from women that inspire me. So they're friends, they're um, new amigas that I've met in this past year that has have there are leaders and have been uh, great support. I can't; it, it's just been a life changing um, uh, for the brand. So that's what I also do with uh, my pieces. Cindy, thank you so much for just your consumer transparency. And I think is really important for those of us that are interested in making more sustainable choices as consumers. Maybe you can speak a little bit to how listeners can engage with your brand and maybe engage with sustainable fashion practices overall. Of course. I think it's as also, you know, putting a little bit of time. Um, I have my, I ask, myself you know i i created this brand out of like i want this to have a purpose 
So my slogan is live with purpose, you know, and it takes time. I've taken a lot of time uh, to build this brand, to do it ethically, responsibly, consciously. And I think as consumers, you know, look at the, try to support the people who are doing that. It's not only in the fashion industry, you know, in the food industry, there are a lot of small businesses that are creating real change. But we need your support in order to be able to continue with this change, right? So we have the power. We have a lot of power, uh, spending power. So where are you putting those dollars? You know, think about your hermana, your hermana that you can support, right? And how we can keep creating change. For me, is you know, of course, mentioning someone, but also buying a product from them, you know, taking the time to say, okay, instead of buying two things, I'm going to buy one thing, and this is going to be an investment. A lot of the things, we were actually uh, trying to create a campaign where um, we're asking people, you know, look at your closet and what are your clothes made out of the most, which it's going to be the majority of the clothes, like more than 80% are made out of fossil fuels. And then how many of them do you wear? You know, we just see something and we just put it and you know in our bags and that's it and then we don't end up wearing it just once or and there is this problem of uh disposability you know the the fabric doesn't decompose and that's another reason why we use natural fibers because they decompose and we just end up with huge landfills and it's just really bad for everyone. So I want to invite everyone just to take a little bit of more time to read about everyone's story and say, you know, I want to support this, not because it's just a product, but also their story and the change that they're creating. Um, there is a few websites too. One of them is EcoCult, and they talk about sustainability and all the uh, sectors, you know, fashion, beauty, uh, home, which is really nice because a lot of people are also allergic to materials. And you can read about regulations. Another way is to sign petitions. We sign um, petition for workers to be paid more. And there is, uh, you know, just if you are not able to purchase something, you know, share that with somebody else that might be. And that's uh, what has happened to me this past year in 2023 is that a lot of women have been able to say my name in places that I haven't been. And I think that's a real game changer. So do that for your for people that you really believe in. You know, drop their name, uh, give them a hand, and just uh, create change. That's a way also to, to create change with, um, you know, new entrepreneurs. Cindy, thank you so much for everything that you're doing to represent us globally and to make change for the future. We appreciate you being here on Tamarindo today. It was a pleasure.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Wow, that was a fantastic interview. I'm really glad that you all got to hear it. I'm so excited. And the first thing I'm going to do is go figure out how I can get a Cindy Castro piece. Brenda, I'm going to meet you there. Yes, it's like a, it's like owning a, a piece of art. And for listeners, just a, a little backstory is that I first got introduced to Cindy Castro because I'm not a person that follows designers necessarily, but I heard her inspirational story in person at a conference and have been dreaming of having her here at Tamarindo. So what? a great opportunity to have. And I know she was on your radar too. So it's like, oh my God, perfect. Amazing. I'm so glad that you got to get, get her on this show and we got to hear her story and more of you are, I'm sure, are going to start being Cindy Castro followers just like us. Yes, Cindy Castro fans. Okay. I want to know, Brenda, tell me what's going on. What's your matraca, your basura for the week? And we're also going to unveil maybe a new thing that becomes part of Tamarindo, which is la conexión o inspiración. Yeah. Well, you kind of stole my thunder earlier in terms of my matraca. My matraca <laughs> was going to go to our logo because it's so fun. It's so inviting. It's so cute. So I would say, you know, just to, to throw another one in there, I'm going to say um, matraca to Dayquil. If y'all can hear a little bit of a tiny bit of a cold in my voice, it's because I am a little bit under the weather. I know everybody's been sick, it sounds like. And I, Jeff and I thought we dodged, dodged it, but it has come to our house. So I guess I'm going to give Matraca to, to, to medicine and Matracas to our logo. <laughs> Yes. Okay. I love that. That's the best matraca we've heard. We'd heard yet because this is like hard helping us. Yeah, we need it. For me. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Matraca for me this week. I think I want to, I want to give it to some of these designers that are really doing the work. I mean, after listening to this interview, talk about the effort and the thoughtfulness that is going into paying people a fair wage that is going into figuring out how to create sustainable practices and prioritizing that. So matraca to everybody out there who's thinking about this and making it happen. Absolutely. Y yes. la basura, la basura, Brenda, ¿qué ponemos en la basura? Okay, this is like a... Uh... I wonder if this is a a unique LA experience or or is this something that happens in other places? But I want to throw in la basura whoever designs the parking lots at Trader Joe's. It seems like every single parking lot that leads to a Trader (laughs) Joe's in the city of Los Angeles is, is just designed in a way that is torture. I mean, no, no matter which one you go to. Today, I got up early. 
I still went to a workout class. I took my little shot of Dayquil and went to a workout class. I nearly died. And then afterwards, I had just enough time to go pick up a couple of things at Trader Joe's. I'm like, okay, it opens at 8. It's 7.30. I'm going to go treat myself to a cafecito en pan dulce at La Monarca. I did that. And I, I, was, I went to Trader Joe's at you know, 8.15. It had just been open 15 minutes, and it was already a chaos. It was already a parking lot chaos. This is the Trader Joe's in South Pasadena. Y'all who are listening, I know you feel my pain. I know you feel my pain. So basura to poorly designed parking lots leading to Trader Joe's. Oh my God, can I say that now you've triggered a basura that I didn't even know was my basura? <laughs> Just hearing you talk about parking lots. Can we talk about what parking lots have become when accessing medical services? I mean, you're going, you're, I went to therapy. I've been going to therapy. Um, you know, it's usually a practice of mine, but I started again. And this was my second time going. The first time I took an Uber, the second time I drove and my parking was $16, everybody. I mean, when you're accessing services, especially healthcare related or mental health services, like the, it feels strange to go and have to have this barrier of figuring out how to pay for parking. So basura to folks that are um, really not thinking through the client patient experience when it comes to accessing help in major Absolutely. cities. Absolutely. Let's abolish. First of all, let's just abolish all sorts of parking fees, but absolutely should be not around if you're accessing healthcare. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about conexión and inspiración. I'd love to hear what is making you feel connected, inspired, alive, Brenda? So I'm feeling a little bit like PTSD because we're entering an election year. We, we, we had such a horrible time the last time. It's not looking any brighter right now. And, and the news could be so heavy. So we've sort of steered away from these topics because they've just been such a bummer. So, so what has been the the cure for that bummer is just finding like fun content, like fun new content. So I have been inspired and diving into a new podcast called Ghosted. And it is hosted, Ghosted is hosted by a, a, a comedian who is trans, and a trans Latina co comedian. And she speaks to other comedians about ghosts. And so it's lighthearted. It's, it's um, interesting because I, it makes you think about all these weird things about ghosts. It, it, I, there's so many ghost stories that I have heard in, th in many podcasts that it, it's like, you cannot deny that they exist. It feels like. So I think that's my inspiration right now is the podcast Ghosted. I love that. Yes, I love that. And that's that's the beauty of podcasts is that the mood really can be different from show to show. I'm going to listen and then I'm going to call you and tell you that I'm afraid to sleep, <laughs> <laughs> that it's your fault. Um, so for me, what's giving me connection inspiration are those friendships that maybe there's like 10 years between them. Maybe you don't see each other very often, but when you do, you just revert and regress back to being like 21 <laughs> because I recently saw a couple of friends that I hadn't spent time with in a long time. And I thought maybe it would be different because we're so much older. And let me tell you, it was just like when we were young, we were running around and karaoke and saying nonsense and asking each other ridiculous questions and laughing in the car like we were kids. And I thought, 
this is food for the soul. You know, these kinds of connections where you just let yourself be and access your inner self, these are real connections. So um, shout out to all the friendships that kind of make it through time and space. <laughs> yes. I mean, that is such a, like a, such a testament to a quality friendship. If you could just pick up where you left off, even though there's been, it's been years, we've gone through so much as people and to be able to just like reconnect that is so inspirational so I, I think that's a wonderful source of energy and enthusiasm um, before we leave I do want to tell listeners about an opportunity that you all might have seen on our social media and so I got to make sure that I remind you about it right now so as you all know Delcy and I have done this um, incredible trip we were planning it I guess it hasn't happened yet but it's in in the works we're leaving very soon less than a month away we're doing our our, our retreat to Puebla Mexico and one of the we consulted with a lot of folks to learn about how to how to do this and one of the helpers was Alma Alma from Alma Explores which is a Latina-led experiential travel company. And we are partnering with Alma Explorers for Dia de los Muertos. So this is a trip to Michoacán, Mexico, October 29th through November 2nd. And we have a special code for Tamarindo listeners. So if you go to almaexplorers.com and search her upcoming trips, look for the Dia de los Muertos, the Day of the Dead trip to Michoacán. And if you use the code early tamarindo 24 that's Early Tamarindo 24 in all caps, you will save $50 on this trip. And the deposit to secure your spot is only $100. So you can get all the information over there, but here's another opportunity to, to travel. And I potentially will be joining. It's, it's very likely that I will be joining. So y'all just check that out. And um, yeah, that's one thing I want to make sure I didn't forget to tell our listeners about. Yes, thank you so much. I'm so excited for everybody to have access to to travel this year, 2024. Let's make it happen. Okay, Brenda, Tamarindo listeners, thank you so much for sharing space with us. Until next time. Yes, until next time, ponte un suéter. Y saludos a la familia. Ciao, bye. Bye. Tamarindo Podcast is Brenda Gonzalez and Delcy Sandoval. We are also the show's executive producers. Karina Riverall of Sonoro Media provides production support. Jeff Ricards wrote our theme song. The best way to support our work is to rate and review Tamarindo Podcast or share an episode with a friend. Get in touch with us at tamarindopodcast.com. Cuando mi arrendador dijo que el alquiler podría ser más barato si fuéramos amigos con beneficios. Había oído hablar de acoso sexual en el lugar de trabajo, pero en mi casa. Eso es discriminación en la vivienda basada en el sexo. La gente de bienes raíces dijo que estaríamos más cómodos viviendo en un vecindario diferente con gente como nosotros. Por suerte conocíamos nuestros derechos. Es ilegal asustar a los posibles propietarios para que se alejen de ciertos vecindarios en función de raza o nacionalidad. Si usted cree que sufrió discriminación o tiene 
preguntas sobre sus derechos, comuníquese con Fair Housing Foundation, Fundación de Vivienda Justa, al 800-446-3247 o también en línea en fhfca.org. La vivienda justa es su derecho. Este es un anuncio de servicio público de Fair Housing Foundation y respaldado por el Departamento de Vivienda y Desarrollo Urbano HUD bajo la subvención de FIPPI FPEI 220099. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.